Welcome to episode 130 of Look at My Records. For today's episode, I had the opportunity to chat with Zach Koenig of Brooklyn's Gone. Gone is a project that Zach started in 2018, and it involves a rotating cast of characters in the Brooklyn music scene. The band spent some time in 2019 playing shows around the area and released one single, Secret Hideaway. They followed it up with their second single, Curiosity, and just this week, they released No Light, one of the more rockin' tracks on their forthcoming debut album, The Essence of Everything. It's out in August. I spoke with Zach at length about his roots playing music in the New Jersey music scene, the democratic songwriting approach to Gone, and the evolution of his songwriting style from his days playing in fuzzy psych bands like Sun Abduction to the mellower, chill, cleaner guitar sounds of Gone. So after the jump, you'll hear my interview with Zach. If you're interested in listening to more episodes of Look at My Records, they're available on all streaming services. Please like, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. And also check out the Look at My Records website, where we have reviews, playlists, premieres, and a whole lot more. Check it out at lookatmyrecords.com. All right, so I'm here with Zach of Gone. Zach, thanks for being here with me today. How you doing? How have you been holding up? And how have you been spending your time during the pandemic? Have you been able to write music or do anything like that? What's been going on with you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, At the very beginning of the pandemic, um, I started writing a lot of music because... um, I work like a nine to five job. So like, it was always like, music is always like, you know, after work sort of thing. And um, it was nice that uh, we had all this time to like work on music and stuff like that. So I pulled all my tape, like little four tracks out and all my like effects processors and was just like able to finally like fuck around with, you know, all my toys for as long as I wanted, which was really good. And after like three weeks of it, you know, you can only play guitar for so long. So uh, it was great for like three weeks. And then after that, it was just like, damn, when is this gonna end? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, um, and then I was scared that it was gonna go until like August. And I was like, man, I better get used to like kind of just hanging out and like, doing this sort of thing because who knows how long it was going to be and um obviously after a while you like break out with like a mask and gloves and you know you go meet up with your friends who haven't like had any symptoms and stuff like that and uh you try to like make things normal and stuff so it's been good so far honestly like as long like we've all me and all the bandmates and friends and girlfriend and everything has been taking precautions so everything's been fine on my end with like family and safety and stuff cool did you 
have this album that you're about to put out in August, the essence of everything, was that finished before all of this happened? It was, yes. There was like a couple little things, like a couple like uh, guitar overdubs that had to get done. Um, but probably like 95% of it was finished before all of it. So I was checking out a couple of your Instagram posts and it made me think, hey, maybe you're from New Jersey originally. Are you from New Jersey originally? I am. Where about? Uh, closer to Asbury Park, but to narrow it down even further is uh, this town called Middletown. Cool, yeah, it's a big town that I'm familiar with. I'm from the Montclair area really? originally. Oh, nice. Yeah, I know that I know that area pretty well, actually. Um, <clears throat> my girlfriend's brother lives in that area, and there used to be a lot of shows growing up in the Montclair area. Yeah, this is why I always ask people from Brooklyn that are from New Jersey, mm -hmm. because I love to talk a little bit about your experiences growing up in the New Jersey music scene before you started you know, projects within the last 10 years. Were you playing in bands in high school growing up in New Jersey? And what did they what did they sound oh, like? Oh man, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I played in a ton of bands uh, way before 10 years ago. And uh, the sound was mainly metalcore, hardcore, punk, nice. emo, screamo, that's... Yeah, wh when did you graduate high school? What year? 2006. So I graduated high school 2005. So we're definitely overlapping yeah. as far as that period when there was ton of hardcore bands in New Jersey, yeah. ton of like screamo and emo bands and caught the tail end of ska. Yes. So it's like after all the ska bands became either hardcore or emo bands and screamo bands. So that's cool. That's so funny that you say that. So you know, during a uh, pandemic and stuff like that, I feel like a lot of people had some time to go through all of their stuff and kind of like reminisce, you know, basically of everything that they have in their closet and try and clean stuff out. And I found my first ticket stub, which was a Catch-22 show in Sayreville. And I was a big ska kid growing up. I was in like fourth, fifth grade, ska was everything to me. And then later on down the line, it turned into punk. Later on into high school, the early 2000s, it was a lot of hardcore and metalcore and stuff like that. And um, then later on, I moved out to New Brunswick, New Jersey, and ended up going back to punk and playing in a bunch of punk bands and living in a loft that threw a ton of punk shows and stuff like that. So. Jersey is, I feel like, unanimous for punk, a lot of good hardcore and stuff like that. And that stuff still does live pretty strongly throughout that community right now. Yeah, totally. There's such a strong DIY ethos in New Jersey still in New Brunswick. That's cool that you spent time there. Mm -hmm. Nothing like a New Brunswick basement show really to get it. me all nostalgic and stuff like Seriously, that. Seriously, those are some of the best days of my life. Cool. Well, let's fast forward a little bit to current day. It was cool to hear about your background in New Jersey, but gone. This is a project that started in 2018. Did you really originally started as kind of a, a solo project? that you were kind of messing around with songs or what did you envision it 
as being originally? Well, when I moved to Brooklyn, um, I was playing more of like in psychedelic rock music, more like heavier sort of stuff. And playing in a bunch of other like punk bands and stuff like that. And it seemed like it was just like, it was a lot of punk going on. And honestly, like I kind of spread myself too thin and ended up being in like five bands at one time. So it seemed like every single day was either like a, a band practice or a show. And that happens with like a lot of people in Brooklyn, you know, everyone kind of just like ends up being in each other's bands. And sometimes you like overdo it and you kind of get fed up with it. So there was uh, in like 2017, I ended up quitting every single band that I was in <laughs> and didn't play music for like about six months just to kind of like regroup and just be like, what kind of music do I really want to be playing? And there was all of these songs that I was writing with my friends just kind of like at my house on like four tracks and stuff like that. That was like, I was like, this is the sort of stuff that I want to be playing. And um, me and my buddy John just started tracking this sort of stuff. And we just kept on going with it. And people kept on kind of coming in for sessions. And we were like, this is a lot of fun. Maybe we can start a project where it's not like a solid lineup of a band, but more of a collective of people that rotate throughout uh, writing songs. And, you know, so it's not just like, oh my God, we gotta get, we gotta get all the band members to band practice right now. It's more of just like, who, who's ever around? Let's just write a song and hang out and record it. Yeah, that's cool. And it's a cool concept. Did you find that kind of freed you up creatively and allowed you to explore more and different ideas? Absolutely. I feel like it seemed like a lot more fun when new people were coming around. And it feels like I was writing stuff that I wouldn't usually write by myself. And... I was kind of just trying, I kept on finding a new me every single time new people kept coming into a writing session or a recording session. And yeah, I was checking out one of your previous bands, Sun Abduction, and comparing that to the songs that are on The Essence of Everything, obviously that stuff is way fuzzier, more psychedelic. This is much more mellow and chill, and the guitars are a lot cleaner sounding. Uh, what led you to move in that direction? How'd your songwriting style evolve in that direction? Well, I think the songwriting was like always kind of there, but for the project of like Sun Abduction and the sort of genre that we've built around that sort of band, I wasn't able to really bring those songs into the mix. So Gone was kind of like this new output where I was able to like bring this sort of style of songwriting out and like I was kind of able to birth it with you know this new project and stuff like that because I always sort of wrote those sort of songs but it was it was just like kind of like oh well, I can't I can't release this under sun abduction because it's just been like such a heavy more like uh revival rock and roll kind of band with songs like this that sound like they're your songs but you are working with kind of a rotating cast of members and people that are contributing 
different guitars or sounds. How does it work as far as you deciding how things are going to sound, how a song is going to play out? Is there a lot of input from other people or is it something that you kind of have a set vision? Other people can maybe give suggestions and stuff like that, but you have something set that you're envisioning. Yeah, well, that's funny because like when Gone first started, it was like a thing where everyone was looking at me like, what, like, which way is this song gonna go? And like later on down the line, it, I kind of communicated with the guys where I don't really want it to be like that because with Sun Abduction, it was always kind of like that, you know? And so it was, it felt like with Sun Abduction, it was just like, every single time there was a decision to be made, all the eyes were on me. But with Gone, whenever there's a decision, I kind of put my eyes on to all the guys that are like in the room and I'm just like, well, what do you think? You know, like, forget about what you think, what you want, what you want to hear me say, you know, I kind of want to hear more of like your input. So it, it's cool because, um, these guys have like been putting a lot of input on these songs and stuff like that because I didn't really want to take the reins of making a lot of decisions because these guys are so important to the songs where I don't want to just, I don't want to be the one that makes the decision and later on down the line be like, oh man, why did, why did, why did we go that way? It's just like, no, well, we all decided to go that way. That's cool. It's very democratic and it seems very low stress too. So it does seem like you're able to trust the other people that are involved too. So you're not just collaborating with anyone. It seems like you have a lot of trust in the people that you're working with. Yeah, I do. There are a lot of really good musicians, great songwriters and stuff like that. And the stress really did fly out the window because the second I decided to start doing this, it really didn't seem stressful at all like it did with all my other bands. And I was just like, I think I need to keep doing it in this sort of way because everyone seems to be happier doing it. And, you know, I don't have to make all the decisions, you know, like we can all make a decision together on how we want it to go. So it's it's been it's been an interesting uh, sort of way of being in a band, but I haven't been happier ever being in a band that's ever done anything like this. It's really cool. So for the three singles that are out, uh, Secret Hideaway and Curiosity, and the most recent one, No Light, Secret Hideaway and Curiosity, two mellower songs, and No Light, I feel like really stands out on the record because it's a really like rollicking, upbeat song. Mm -hmm. How'd you wind up deciding that that was going to be the next single? Was that kind of the reason why? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, those first two sort of songs were my sort of uh, decision on to what to release, just to start going in a separate direction. And then when we wrote No Light and we all wrote it as a band, we were just like, man, like we're super stoked on this song. Like, this yeah, it's a great a song. I really like fun. it a lot. Yeah. Thank you. And we were just like, it might not be like the other songs, but like, that's not what 
our our band is about. It's about what we're into at the moment and what makes us happy at the time. And we were just like, you know what? Let's let's make a video with this. Summertime's coming. This is gonna be a good kind of upbeat sort of song that we like and we hope that other people like. Yeah, it's a great, really has good garage vibes to it. And the video's awesome too. Tell me a little bit about what inspired the concept behind the video and how'd you execute it? Well, the video was kind of like a last minute thing because uh, when we started talking like with our publicist and stuff like that, he was just like, you know, are you guys gonna put out a video? And we were like, damn, like, well, I guess we haven't like really thought about it, but um, let's try and make something happen. And so we hit up our friend Julian from Coco Verde and we were just like, can we do something on your roof? And he was like, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we just did some sort of DIY little setup with some Christmas lights. And we were like, this is really the essence of what being in a Brooklyn band is about. About, you know, especially like in the DIY community that we relate with a lot because we do mainly everything ourselves like release our records, do our videos, record our music and stuff like that, you know, besides, you know, hiring a publicist to kind of help us like push it a little harder. We do everything. So we were just like, I think this will be a good way to introduce ourselves as a DIY band, but also having a ton of fun at, at the same time. Yeah, totally. It's uh, Julian's really cool. I've actually never met him in person, but I spoke to him on the phone and I'm a huge Coco Verde fan as well. I feel like the sounds of those two projects mesh really well together and fit really well together. Yeah. Who else is involved in the project? Because I saw Julian played drums or was was playing drums. Is he still involved? And who else is involved with Gone right now? Yeah, yeah. Julian is always involved. Uh, we've been friends for a long time, probably since 2012 when I first moved to New York and I saw one of his older projects play that blew me away. And then he stopped playing music. I started Sun Abduction. He was a big fan of us. And then it just kept on trading back and forth. And then I played in some Coco Verde songs. He plays in Gong stuff. Basically me and him are just like, hey, if you need anybody to fill in on anything, you just let me know. So we have Juju that's always there. He's not like a permanent member, but he's came in and played like probably four or five shows with us. Um, my, uh, my buddy John has been with me since the beginning. He plays in a couple bands called Shadow Monster, Sick Tick. Great band, great band. Yeah, him and Jillian are great. They're incredible. Yeah, they're awesome. They're, they're one of my closest homies. Um, and John is like a super, super talented songwriter, drummer, guitar player. And he helps me with, out with everything. He He's usually there to help engineer almost every session for us. A couple other members, my boy Q, he was playing drums for a band called Heavy Birds. EP plays in a couple bands. He's just like a drummer who fills in for a lot of people. Then my buddy James, me and him grew up in Jersey together. We grew up playing and writing music since we were about 20 years old, like a lot of shoegaze music, but he just moved up to Brooklyn, so he's playing with us. So the door is always revolving with a lot of good members and, you know, just try to keep a lot of, you know, good people who are fun to hang around with. 
in the rotation. Totally. That's awesome. And you record everything on 4-track in your practice space for this project? <laughs> no. We usually demo our stuff on a 4-track or something like that. But this record was actually done mostly on a super simple recording platform that's on like iPads and iPhones because so much music was getting recorded in the beginning of Gone that it was the easiest way for us to transfer files, us to like overdub things and stuff like that. But once the record got finished, we just literally went back to our four tracks and started fucking around and demoing. And stuff. All the, all, the record was done, everything on the SoundCloud was done digitally, but we, we usually do all of our demos on tape and then we'll revisit them on like a digital platform. Cool, yeah, because it sounded like it had a tape vibe to, to me, even though it was recorded on digital. So it had a nice warm sound to it. Yeah, we've been using a lot of vintage gear. Uh, over the past like three or four years, me, John and James have been, we got like, all of our gears from like the 60s and 70s so it sounds a little old yeah it's great you know it's perfect for that that style and it really comes through in the recording thank you very much that's exactly what we wanted it to come out as <laughs> tell me a little bit about the the lyrical themes just from listening a couple of times it seemed like the lyrics were definitely personal dealing with relationships friendships and beyond what were some of the things you were writing about on the record? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stuff that was like going on the record was, yeah, about like friendships mainly and stuff like that. You know, in Brooklyn, there's a lot of different characters that become yeah. best friends, you know, and um, we all know the city's like a big drinking scene and stuff like that. And sometimes your friends go a little too far and like, you know, you uh you worry about them and you know when you love them you write about them you only want your friends to do the best possible so some of the stuff was about that um some of this like no light a lot of the lyrics is really about like you know how much time we've sacrificed on putting in on this record and sacrificing our weekends after work and um just our extra time to kind of finish the record and get everything done cool well let's play some of the songs from this record we'll play the three singles that are out right now secret hideaway which was released last year curiosity which was released earlier this year and no light which just dropped yeah all right cool sounds good
All right, we're back. We heard the three singles from Gon's soon-to-be-released debut album, The Essence of Everything. We heard Secret Hideaway, Curiosity, and No Light. The Essence of Everything will be out in August. Tell me a little bit about the title now, because I noticed there's the... The is spelled with two E's, and of is O-V. Any significance to that? Not really. It's funny, a buddy of mine had like a project that was had a very similar name to it, which was called The Source of Fawn Nation, which was more of like a dark techno sort of project. But he played in old psychedelic rock and roll bands were growing up and he was like releasing records and putting things on vinyl. Like when we were like 21 and we were like, damn, dude, this dude is killing it. So it kind of has something to do with it, but mainly I was reading the Spaceman 3 biography and it was talking about the sounds that they were making and and they ended up just saying like, and like more of like the tremolo with the overdrive and everything was more of the essence of everything. And I was just like, damn, that's a really cool fucking, it's a really cool line. And I was like, you know what, maybe I can kind of like tweak this off and do it like that. And also the record kind of has sounds all over the place where it kind of has like, a, I feel like something for everyone and it's the sounds of everything. Yeah, totally. There's definitely a feel, the sonics are definitely feel good and it's an enjoyable listen for sure and a good summer listen i would say thank you that's what the that's exactly what we were going for perfect time of year for this album so everyone check out the three singles secret hideaway curiosity and no light are on all streaming platforms and watch the video for no light as well now we'll be playing some records that you picked from my record collection what's up first so I went through everything you had because I'm a big record collector myself and I love deep cuts. And the first record that I picked was actually from Neutral Milk Hotel and which was uh, on Avery Island, which is more of the backseat deep cut record that no one really usually listens to from that band because it's choosing an airplane over a seat. First song I picked that always stuck with me since i was a kid was naomi that's a beautiful beautiful song and what i love about on avery island it fits into their catalog but at the same time it's really different than in the aeroplane over the sea honestly in the aeroplane over the sea i guess when a record for me gets played too much some of the songs are just really annoying to me now on that record (laughs) You know, and I always go for On Avery Island instead, just to kind of a break from it. And Naomi, a really, really awesome song. I'm glad that we can agree on that because that's exactly how I feel. Because it's like, uh, in an airplane over the sea was, you know, obviously always like, you know, a crowd favorite and stuff like that. But On Avery Island was like the one record that I picked up from them the first time. And. I was going through this record when I was trying to pick out songs and stuff like that. And there's a couple like, uh, what is it? Everyone's waiting is just like something that's never really been like, I've never really heard anyone write anything else like that. 
And to pick that song to say that it was like an inspiration for this record could be something, but it, it doesn't sound like my record. You know what I mean? Like, so like, I was just like, let me go through this record to see like kind of what else is like imprinted on me throughout the years. And Naomi, and once I came across Naomi, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is a fucking song. Especially because it's only like three or four chords, which is, uh, very relatable with our record. Awesome. Great pick. What's what's up next? What's up next is a little bit newer. I think uh, it came out around like 2016. Uh, the Chris Cohen record, uh, As If Apart, uh, but the song called In a Fable. This guy is such an underrated songwriter. He really has the those delicate melodies and... It reminds me a very Beach Boysy, Brian Wilson inspired. I'm a huge, huge fan of his. And the record he put out last year is also really, really good too. Incredible. He really doesn't get enough recognition. I really don't think that Curiosity would have been written if this record didn't come out. All right. Chris Cohen, after that. Um, this one is a, uh, this is a classic. Uh, Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks. Last track, Buckets of Rain. Hell yeah. I just watched that Scorsese documentary on Bob Dylan that came out in 2005, the three-hour one. And just what an interesting guy. His career trajectory was just so lucky, too, because of some of the choices he made. He was like the right place at the right time. But at the same time, obviously, immense, immense talent that was just inexplicable too because the way he would write songs and then when you would he would get interviewed about them he'd be like i don't know like he just writes songs. <laughs> he just writes songs about current events and not really think anything of them but they're speaking to millions and millions of people absolutely i feel like he is like the king lone wolf who's like written the best protest songs and will never admit that it's a protest song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And the cool, Blood on the Tracks, you know, it's like that came out in 1975. So it's after his like prime period of songwriting, but it's really still so, so good. Absolutely. I think so too. And like, what's funny about this record is that like, it taught me a lot about rewriting. Um, some, some of these songs that like, we recorded versions of these songs and they were super close. And there was just like one or two things that like really bothered us about it. And we were like, fuck it. Let's fucking do it again. I know we can do it again, just as good as it. And it, that was some sort of thing about Blood on the Tracks, where when Bob Dylan wrote this record, he actually showed it to his brother. And his brother was just like, I really don't think that it's gonna commercially do well. Like, be, like there's some changes that you need to do to this record. And Bob Dylan listened to his brother and he went back and did songs like uh, Idiot Wind and another one. Yeah, that's really interesting to me, and I'm glad you brought that up because I meant to ask you about the fact that you scrapped the record and then redid it. And I was really curious about that because that's got to be such a hard decision to make creatively because you've put so much into making the record in the first place. But sometimes it's it's necessary. And looking at this example, I didn't know that that happened with Blood Out on the Tracks. Maybe 
throwing it out in the first place and starting fresh is the best course of action. So was that a really hard decision for you to make? At first it was, yeah. Um, there was a lot of songs that we, we wrote a lot of songs for the first record. And in 2018, we were coming up with a lot of material. And then once we, after we put out Secret Hideaway, there was a bunch of material that just really, it was kind of, it just seemed like it was like the lost Sun Abduction songs. And it wasn't like this new project of Gone and everything like that. And then it seemed a little easier to just be like, listen, like these aren't gonna make the cut, you know? Like, I, we're, like we're not gonna like sit here and like try and like fight about like, if we if, like these songs are gonna make the cut or anything like that, because new songs just kept on being written and we were like and they sounded we, really different we, yeah and we were like we yeah. need to just keep going with what we're going with and all the new stuff that we're writing and eventually all the guys were just like i'm so glad we got rid of that stuff and just kept on writing this new material awesome it's a good solid happy ending yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so after bob dylan Anything else queued up? Yeah, I got two more. You had a great, you had a great record collection. So when you said from three to five, I was just like, I have five. Um, the next one is actually a couple of friends of mine, uh, the Navy Gang Seven Inch. Oh, they're awesome. That Seven Inch is great stuff. It really is. Special glands. I was there while they were actually writing this song and uh, getting it recorded and stuff and it still is one of my favorite songs and uh matt tilwick and noah cole are such great songwriters and i felt like you having that record i had to call those uh, you know give a shout out to those guys yeah I, I i really like the full length they put out last year as well and then uh the last song that i picked um velvet underground's own john kale cleo is just that record is so good um it actually i found it a little later on in life and i wish i found it earlier because it's so good yeah <laughs> i feel the same way a lot of the time i'm like well how did i miss this <laughs> how did i miss this yeah, exactly. but it is it is funny because you mentioned before you were playing with your friend in shoegaze bands in your early 20s I feel like we had the same musical journey almost because I remember around that age, that's when I was getting into stuff like that, more indie right. Slow things under the umbrella, under the umbrella of indie rock type of stuff. Yeah. So that's cool. Very relatable. Yeah. All right. Great picks. Thank you. We're going to play them all. Here we go.
afternoon You set your stuff down on the table
in your fingertips I like the way that you move your hips I like the cool way you look at me Everything about you is bringing me misery But I know what I like I like the way you love me strong and slow I'm taking you with me, honey, baby, when I go Life is a bust All you can do is do what you must You do what you must do And you do it well I do it for you, honey, baby, can you tell?
We're back. We heard Naomi by Neutral Milk Hotel. In a Fable by Chris Cohen. Buckets of Rain by Bob Dylan. Special Glands by Navy Gangs. And Cleo by John Cale. And now, sadly, our time's coming to an end. But it was really great talking with you. And I hope we could hang out in person in the future. And we'll go to a gone show in 2021 that would be great i've had a ton of fun hanging out and talking with you man i would love to meet up in person and talk more music with you this has been totally we'll have to chill and listen to records but before we go so the new music video is out for the awesome song no light what's the release schedule looking like is there going to be another single before the whole album drops in august yeah so like when our first singles dropped we weren't dealing with like a publicist and stuff like that and then once we started dealing with the publicist he was like let's put out two more singles so i was like okay let's do no light first and then uh we got more of a ballad sort of song that's a little closer to secret hideaway and curiosity called push aside which will be coming out next. Um, basically, we pushed we pushed everything back because of what's happening with pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And Black Lives Matter, which is a very important thing to us. Super important, yes. And it, it being like, you know, Pride Month and stuff like that. We 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 thought like June was like June was a, a month that wasn't really for us to promote ourselves. It's probably the biggest protest in the world that will ever happen and like i said like pride weekends happening like you know it just happened and everything like that and that was something that we didn't want to shed any light from and stuff like that so we're really happy that we had a publicist and alt citizen and btr today work with us to push it until July so it's not invading on anything that we feel is more important because 
what's happening right now is more important than anything. Absolutely. A super, super important time in the history of the world. Lots of changes are happening, and it's cool to see the resilience of so many people. This has been going on for over a month now, and it's not letting up until change happens so it's good i really hope yeah i and honestly i don't see it going anywhere i and i really hope it doesn't because it's incredible like i know you're in jersey city but you're right across the water i know you know what the fuck is going down like oh totally this shit is stronger than ever um there's there hasn't been more love than ever going through these cities and we don't want it to stop and we hope to just keep you know pushing towards it with no light um we got uh duke taylor who also plays with us i can't believe i didn't even mention him earlier um he uh he's like a staple in in the community and stuff like that and uh, he's like probably the best guitar player in brooklyn right now and uh we're here to support him and stand behind him through these hard times. And um, we're just happy to still have him with us and, you know, just keep- Totally, keep, keep he's incredible. Body. Absolutely. Well said, Zach. Zach, it was great talking with you, man. And I'm looking forward to the whole record dropping so everybody can hear it. In the interim, you can stream the album's three singles secret hideaway curiosity and no light on your streaming platform of choice and stay tuned as the full length the essence of everything will be out in august